Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Talk Radio's Drive Time. I'm Dan Wooten, and we're covering the continuing coronavirus pandemic. Dan's Dispatch on Talk Radio. It was just last month when my reaction was an amused shudder when I saw Chinese police posting footage from Jones shaming their citizens for being out in public during the lockdown. Like so much about these crazy and extraordinary times, I would never have expected the police in Derbyshire to be employing the same methods used proudly by a totalitarian regime against Brits taking their dogs for a stroll. I actually thought it was an elaborate internet joke when I saw the same force had filled a beautiful blue lagoon near Buxton with black ink to put off walkers visiting. Then over the past 24 hours, some overzealous coppers tried to stop the sale of Easter eggs. A non-essential item, they reckoned. Hardly. I can think of nothing more important than stuffing our faces with chocolate given we're still likely to be quarantined by Good Friday. But when I really realised some of the forces are using the current trauma as a power trip was when I saw a video of Gemma Migdal, the manager of Krasinski's Bakery in Edgware. Gemma, who's going to be on the show later, was sensibly and responsibly marking the concrete outside her eatery with spray chalk to ensure customers practice social distancing before entering the store. A very sensible, very responsible thing to do in this current climate. But then, a member of the Metropolitan Police threatened to issue Gemma a ticket and take her to court. The officer said to her, the law doesn't change, I don't create the rules, it's criminal damage. Not only were his actions a complete waste of time, his enforcement of a minor graffiti law meant customers to the shop were more likely to be at risk. So while it's very unfortunate given the brilliant job the vast majority of the police are doing, it is proof that there is overreach going on. I think the public need to be applauded for the brilliant job we are doing social distancing. The Chief Scientific Officer, Sir Patrick Vallance, said as much yesterday at Downing Street where he revealed graphs which actually showed our use of public transport and cars has plummeted. The entire country is in lockdown. The vast majority of the public are respecting the rules that have been instituted and have actually created an unimaginable change in our day-to-day lives. It's really tough. And it's having a massive impact on our mental health as a country as well. But we need to remember that our right to leave the house to exercise or drive in our own car remains intact. It's important not to lose the goodwill of folk, which is why it's sensible police bosses are reported to be drawing up new guidelines that will warn individual forces not to overstep the mark when it comes to their lockdown enforcement powers. Otherwise, the former Supreme Court Justice Lord Sumption might just have a point when he suggests the UK is on the way to becoming a police state. That's not a legacy that a great liberal democracy like ours wants from the fight against coronavirus. Talk Radio. Across the UK, on DAB Digital Radio and online. Drive Time with Dan Wooden on Talk Radio. 
Are the police going too far with their enforcement during lockdown? Well, I've annoyed a few of you with this. Gary says, why are people sticking it to the police? No organisation is perfect, but they still go out on the streets while presenters, who could he mean, sit in a comfy studio moaning. If you think you can do better, join up. If not, shut up. Gary, the point that I'm making is overall the police are doing a good job, but overall the public are doing a good job too, which is why these examples of police overreach are becoming particularly damaging. And that particularly relates to a shocking video, which you can see online, uh, of Gemma McDell. She is a manager at Krasinski's Bakery in Edgware. She was doing the absolutely responsible, correct thing by using spray chalk. So you know it's like chalk that just comes in a can, but you can easily remove it, to draw lines outside her bakery in Edgware that are two metres apart to allow members of the public to keep their social distance before entering the store. And then this is what went down between Gemma and a member of the Metropolitan Police. So you would rather that all my customers don't stay two metres apart? You would rather that? It's chalk! Somebody's done a beautiful picture, yeah, it's Trafalgar Square, it went to court, it was all chalk, and a magistrate still convicted him because it doesn't have to be permanent. So let me bring in Gemma McDowell, the manager at Grzynski's Bakery in Edgware, alongside Chris Dore, who is a QC and an author of the forthcoming book, Justice on Trial. Gemma, that seemed like a massive overreaction. It was, yeah, it was. So what happened? Well, uh, I'd put the lines out to protect our customers, um, put them two metres apart so that people would be queuing, you know, social distance queuing. And he wanted to know who'd graffitied the pavement. And you were explaining to him exactly what you were doing, the fact that this was removable, and he just wouldn't accept your argument, would he? He wouldn't, no. Uh, I went in, I got the can out, I showed him. It says on the can, spray chalk washable. But he said, it doesn't matter. The law is the law, and this is criminal damage. How utterly ridiculous. Now then... I don't know if it was a member of the public or one of your fellow colleagues started filming this police officer. Is that correct? Yeah, one of my customers was filming him. And your customer was saying, this is outrageous. When this goes to the news, everyone's going to disagree with you. And I believe at the end of the day, the police officer did actually relent, probably because he was being filmed. Is that right? Uh, well, he came back an hour later, or a few hours later, and he did say, "Look, I don't care what you do for the rest of the week." He didn't. Um, he he didn't tell me there and then that I that I didn't get the ticket. But later on on social media, I found out that no ticket would be issued. Probably because his bosses wisely realised that they were walking into a PR disaster. Chris Dore, QC, author of the forthcoming book Justice on Trial. When you hear a story like Gemma's, are you concerned about police overreach? I'm concerned about the whole situation. I mean, it's absolutely ludicrous. I mean, obviously, this this police officer has, has, has exercised extremely poor judgment. But my major concern here is that the police have been given powers within a few days with no training no real guidance on how to use them. And we are now living, as Jonathan Sumption, the retired Supreme Court Justice, said yesterday, we are now living in a police state. The government, we have no parliament anymore. The government now has absolute power to make regulations and laws which tell you where to go. You can be forcibly detained. You can be forcibly tested. 
The police have now become, on our streets, uh, a symbol not of, uh, of, of the unity of our country and of policing by consent in that tradition, but actually I think people are frightened. They're frightened to see a police officer in case they get stopped just for walking down the street, just for going to the shop to buy a newspaper and, or, or, and, or, and being asked what they're doing. We don't live in a country like that. We don't live in a country where people like the, like, the, like the lady we have here are sort of frightened of a police officer because they're just doing their best to get to, in a very difficult situation. For me, this should never have been a police matter. The police should never have been given these powers. Uh, and and you, have to, you have to say this, coronavirus is a serious worldwide issue, but the virus itself is not particularly dangerous, except to a very small number of the most elderly and the most vulnerable people. Well, one in six people who get coronavirus get it seriously, and then there's a threat to life. So I think it is a serious issue. But Chris, to play devil's it's advocate... It's not even categorised in the most serious of infectious mm. diseases. It's at a lower level of seriousness. Those who are at the most risk, the elderly, those who have serious underlying health conditions, they should be self-isolating anyway. For at least 12 weeks, they shouldn't be within two metres of anyone, even in their own household. So the fact of the matter is that if those most vulnerable people are, um, for their own protection, following that, that advice, the rest of us should not be harassed on the streets by the police because we're going to the shops or, in this lady's case, because she's trying to do her best to abide by the law. Because that's that. in the long run, we will end up with a fracture of the relationship mm. that we as the public have with the police. 99% of us trust the police, but the minute the police start saying, where are you going? What are you doing? Why are you driving down this street? When that starts happening, there's something wrong. We, that's not what Britain is about. We've thrown all of our basic values, our basic day-to-day -day rights to walk the streets unmolested by the police unless we're doing something seriously wrong. We've thrown it out of the window in a few days. Big mistake. <laughs> Talk Radio. Drive time with Dan Wooden. On Talk Radio. I guess this coronavirus pandemic has also raised some interesting social issues for us in lockdown. And Giles Corrin, the brilliant Times columnist and talk radio host every Sunday evening, summed up one of them perfectly today in his column in The Times where he said, nothing since the resolution of the Brexit debate has divided the nation or gripped the imagination of the armchair activists and online crybabies like the issue of jogging in this time of social distancing. Giles is here now. So Giles, explain your theory. If you're a jogger, you, can, you think you're, a Bre you're the equivalent of a Brexiteer in this new debate. I didn't quite say who was who. So, but the, they all, you know, they know who they are, you know. <laughs> the, the main thing was I was seeing online, and I left Twitter about three months ago because I said I was being battered by Owen Jones's mob. But I came back because there's a virus and, and there's lots of information. I thought, I'll have another look at Twitter, having not looked for a few months. And I saw this rage of this sort of ignorant fury between joggers on the one hand uh, who want to have their right to go for their, their daily hour of running. And then pedestrians who think that the joggers are running past and sweating on them and breathing on them and spitting on them. And they, they've fallen immediately into two camps. Mm. Will not hear a word from either side. Uh, and I suppose, in my piece, I suppose the, what, the, the people who are going, I went for a walk in the park and the nasty jogger came past and he barged into me. He's all sweaty. He should be staying home. And they sounded to me like ninny remainers. 
They all have ninny, wetty pants, Ramoni grumblers. Uh, identifying as sort of an enemy in this ferocious... But then, I, you know, I don't look at athletes running through the park and immediately think Nigel Farage. Um, so it, I think it's, there's just this belief that what you're doing is the right thing for the country. And there is this section of people... And I, just, I mean, I got, I, 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 the other day, the, yesterday, the window cleaners came around, and I was a bit surprised. But, all right, clean the house, don't come in, just do the outside. And I, I, my cats were fascinated in it. So I posted an Instagram of my cats looking at the window cleaners, because that's what people like on Instagram. And I got hit up by people telling me that this was non-essential and, and that I was, you know, that I was nearly a criminal for letting the window cleaners come in. And they were all the same people who, used, who were remainers. They were all the same people who told me that I was an evil Brexiteer. Uh, even though I'm not especially. And I thought there, there, there are these people taking the moral high ground, dividing themselves into camps, hating each other, splitting families. Are you a walker? Are you a jogger? And it's all, all the sort of all the rage that people focus for three years on the Brexit debate, suddenly focusing on this. No, I, I do totally understand what you mean. It was brave to come back to Twitter in the middle of this pandemic, I would say as well, Giles, because, because I have tried to avoid it as much as possible too. And actually... Even just a couple of minutes on Twitter over the past few weeks will immediately get you down, make you paranoid. And actually, I think it's much better to stay off Twitter if you have any anxiety right now. So that's the first thing I'd say. Oh, I think so. I think you're probably right. I mean, it, it's uh, I, I've come back. I'm not tweeting things. I don't want to get into those sorts of fights. Yeah. But I'm looking at certain people who feel I'm going to talk about good friend, friends of mine. My my friend Richard Bacon, for example, yes. or, or or James O'Brien. You know, they do these are good people with slightly different opinions to me. They are the ones who are sitting at home and saying, and they're furious with Boris because they they just they 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 want to hate the Tories. So whatever he does must be wrong. So they're furious that we are not locked down. We should be locked. Down. And even if the government hasn't locked down, you should be locking yourself down. And they sit there in the case of Richard Bacon, living in Los Angeles with a million and a half followers, living in Los Angeles, <laughs> telling people in Britain that you should stay home and not go out and not go running. This is so irresponsible. And I'm thinking, mate, you're sitting by a swimming pool. And he's one of my best mates. He came to my wedding. He's sitting by a swimming pool in Los Angeles, telling English people living in council flats that they shouldn't go out for a run because they're spreading the virus. And that is exactly the same as the as the whinging Ramoniacs telling people who wanted to have a change from the European Union that they were wrong and evil and fascist. Uh, and it's just, they're, they're all the same people who were saying, we want to be like France and Spain and Italy and, and forced to lock down. And you're going, France and Spain and Italy are natural fascist dictatorships. They want to be locked up. They want to be told what to do by men in uniforms. <laughs> That's why in previous world wars, we had to go and save them. Uh, and we will probably have to do it again in the end. They will have to come to us for their ventilation. Their groceries. Maybe quite true. <laughs> now, Charles, what category am I in? Right, because I actually hate the joggers and the dog walkers in equal measure because I think the joggers are, are very overzealous and do drip their sweat all over me, mm -hmm. but I walk solo and I'm particularly annoyed with the amount of couples that have decided to go out hand in hand, uh, go on very, very long romantic walks that previously they would never have done in the middle of this lockdown, and they do take up the footpath. So actually, I'm annoyed with both. I'm a solo walker. Do you see what I mean? And as a solo walker, I think I'm the most pious of them all because I'm putting myself through this on my own. I think you're just a misanthrope. You're a you're a angry, lonely. I know. I mean, I, I feel exactly the same. <laughs> no, you're way right. As you. You're totally right. I see the same way as you. I see these couples walking, 
And I'm, I say this, I'm currently in the park with my wife and children. Uh, but we're actually, we're actually playing, we've actually gone to the running track so that we can walk around in circles and not get in anyone's way. But I, no, I feel exactly the same way. I see these couples walking together and I think, well, you can't be husband and wife because I've been married for 10 years and we don't go for romantic walks. Therefore, you must be people who don't live in the same house. They are therefore people exactly. who are hooking up, which is breaking the rules. Definitely, definitely. You're cheating. The funny thing that we've noticed, and we've been out for about a couple of weeks, my kids are seven and nine, so we do a bit of homeschooling, which is to say put them in front of some cartoons. Uh, <laughs> and then in the afternoon, we, we've got to get, come out and get some fresh air. Um, and you're seeing a lot of people clearly going for their first ever walk. I'm on Hampstead Heath, and there are these sort of women in leopard print leggings with high heels stomping through the mud, going, I think it's that way. And they've never been out for a walk, but now the government says it's good for you to go out to your hour. These people are going out, and they're the ones, I think, who are clogging up the pathway. The, the people who've never been for a walk before don't know how to do it and think that now is the time to start. Talk Radio. Across the UK, on DAB Digital Radio and online. Drive Time with Dan Wooden on Talk Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I should tell you to subscribe to this podcast because in these times of national corona crisis, we're still going to be with you every day on Talk Radio, breaking news on the virus, bringing you the most important newsmakers with practical advice you really need to know and hearing your opinions too. I'm not allowing any hysteria, but I would love you to contribute and tune in live every day too for so much more on Talk Radio between 4pm and 7pm every day. Talk to you tomorrow.